So you're the drummer for Crowded House, but I understand, uh, Elroy, you're a bit of a late bloomer to music after obviously growing up in such a musical household. How did that all come about? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been playing music for most of my life, um, just sort of not pursuing the sort of same path as, as my brother or my dad, I suppose. So perhaps late bloomer is, is the result of what I look like. But um, yeah, more or less, I, I sort of was drumming um, as a kid would drum, not not seriously um, as a young boy, but then sort of took it seriously in my yeah, early teens. Do you find it a little interesting... It must be when you, you you hear about all these um you know amazing songs that your dad wrote and people telling you that sort of crowded house songs are such a massive part of sort of the cultural and soundtrack of of people's lives and I guess you now as being part of the band get get to give those a, sort of a new lease on life. Yeah, I, I guess that's a way of looking at it for sure. It um it feels like a real privilege to be you know performing these songs. Um, that everyone's got you know such a connection to, and they've stood the test of time, and you know they they really seem as relevant today as they did when they were written. Which is um, you can't say that about a lot of bands. So I definitely feel really lucky to be able to put these songs across live, and um, yeah, be part of it's a it's a special um, sort of catalogue and and legacy to protect. So I guess I'm I'm aware of that whilst also trying to offer my own, you know, fresh opinions or fresh outlook on things. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I mean, there's been a couple of lineup changes um, with with Crowded House um, since sort of 2007 when the last um, sort of actual Crowded House tour occurred. How did, how did the whole thing with you and your brother joining the group come about? And was there maybe a little bit of a reluctance when you got the call up to... To say, hey, join join my group, kids. Well, it was at the same time, obviously, as Mitchell Froome was um, asked to join the band, who was the producer of the first three Cloud House records, and um, so he's he joined as well, playing keyboards, and and Liam and I, and it just sort of seemed like a, a an exciting um, thought and idea, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there was a little bit to consider when when it was actually brought up as a, a proper potential reality and and we were all able to have a think about what those you know um aspects were but ultimately it just felt exciting and it felt quite um correct and we've you know sort of been proven right in the sense that the way we play together has been getting better and better with every tour we do and it um seems to be really musically very cohesive and a lot of chemistry um between all of us which is really great I love that, and of course, not only is there the tour, there's the uh, the brand new album out as well. And I understand the recording for that was a little interesting because about a month into the recording of it, COVID, of course, hit. Yeah, yeah, we were all in Los Angeles, um, and we'd been working in a, a couple of studios here, and we just just finished off tracking the the drums and the bait, well, the sort of song structures and the drum tracks, and um, and then COVID became a a big factor. So um, so we all were forced to kind of finish the album from afar in our own home studios over Dropbox and we'd, we'd sort of upload a, a session of the song and um, each person would, you know, one at a time go and put their overdubs or ideas on the song and then, you know, everyone else would go check it out when they had time and then ultimately got it. We mixed it over like a another sort of audio platform that's like Zoom, except you can listen to the same thing as your mixing engineer. So you're sort of mixing from afar and, and playing it down and wow. then saying what you think or 
it's um it was definitely a new process and and something that was kind of being figured out as we went because it was a, a new thing for everyone so yeah it definitely threw up a new set of challenges but it worked surprisingly well um on paper it, it sounds like a very complicated kind of difficult thing to do <laughs> but it, somehow it worked out growing up and seeing sort of um your dad perform crowded house did that happen often did you go along to the concerts where you're on tour with dad yeah, yeah, no, I was really lucky and got to go on quite a few of the tours as a as a young kid. What was your favourite um, song from the older Crowded House back catalogue? And I guess what's your favourite tune now? Um, oh, there's there's quite a lot of them, obviously. But um, <laughs> oh, for, I've you... always really liked not not the girl you think you are. Yeah, it's always seemed like a really beautiful song to me, and it struck a chord. You know, it's even for when I was a young fella. So yeah, I think that one. And um, nowadays, I guess, it's, I don't know, a song that I really enjoy with Cat and Wheels. But I, I change. Yeah. You know? Sometimes I'll, I'll enjoy one more than another at any <laughs> given moment. So it varies. And I imagine there must be something about performing Crowded House in, in Australia. There's always been that connection there. Obviously, the last show there on the steps of the Sydney Opera House back in the 90s. So getting back out here and performing, I imagine... The whole band, especially your dad, must be, you know, just jumping for joy. Absolutely. Yeah, the Australian um, crowds and, and shows in general have, have always been um, just some of the greatest, really. It's it's so fun to, to feel the warmth from those audiences, and it's definitely a hometown vibe for us, and Crowded House in general has always been so supported by the good folks of Australia, so... We're really excited to be coming back, yeah. And great to see some regional shows on the uh, the map as well, including, of course, your very first time here in Tamworth at Trek. So really looking forward to it, Elroy. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it too. No worries. Appreciate it. That is One Republic. I ain't worried here at 92.9. JB for breakfast. Thanks to Nathan and all the team at Country Autos. GWM Howell. Get in there. Check the full range out today, including, of course, the all-new Jollyon Hybrid, corner of Hercules and Bridge Street, West Hamworth. Morning, Di. Hey there. Morning. How are you? Great. You? I'm doing fab. You know why? Fab. Yes. Today, why? we get the eighth billionth person. The eight, we get the eight billion person right. Which is kind of cool because that, that could be someone born here. Could if you be. think about it. Yeah, or not. Or not. <laughs> but you'd come, you'd, you'd be close. So they're being born today? Yeah. Or they will be born today? They will be born. At, so the United Nations say that sometime on the 15th of November, we will hit the precipice of eight billion people. Eight billion. Billion Eight people. Billion. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. A mm. very a, a lot of people. Mm. To put that in perspective, we reached one billion people in 1808. They reckon was the year that we hit a billion. Oh, is that right? And oh. Then, and then it was very slow. 1935, we got two billion. So it took about 135 years to get to the next oh, billion. Okay. But then it was speedy after that. <laughs> right. 1960, we got three billion. So okay. it took 30 years. And then ever since the 1960s, it's been roughly 10 to 12 years for us to get a billion people accumulated globally. Wow. Um, but I wonder if there's housing issues. Okay. Well, but the thing is, though, mm. the thing is, though, they reckon we're going to max out at about 10 billion people and then it will decline. Oh. Because obviously, 1950s, 
the average family was five kids. Yeah. That's obviously gone into decline since then. So the population is yeah. actually going to start going backwards mm. once, unfortunately, the elderly populations start passing away, and we didn't. We we We're didn't. We we didn't. Uh, you know, big as, as bigger families. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it, it well, could so keep up with demand. Yeah, so right. it's actually going to plummet off. So if you have a look at the population graphs, this is my weekend. Okay, hey, I'm hey, wondering what, where you got what this What did you do on the weekend? Where have you... This is me. <laughs> Planning Tuesday this is, show. This is your Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, from about 20... Uh, uh, 2100. Okay, yep. It's going to go whoop. And decline. Okay, I am picturing graphs in my mind Good. on a whiteboard. <laughs> yes, and you with bright text writing if, all over it. If, mm -hmm. I, if I was broadcasting long enough and I was alive long enough <laughs> and I was still going to be broadcasting in 300 years' time, I could be doing this same talk <laughs> break when we go back down to 8 billion people. <laughs> yes, See? Could. Gosh, if only. That's a funny way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what's going to happen when this 8th billionth person is born? Is there fireworks going on? What happens? <laughs> I don't know. There should be. There should be. national broadcast? There should be. There should be, I think so. How are we going to know who this special person is? A big birthday cake. Yes. You know the um, the Women's Weekly Birthday Cake book that everyone's <laughs> yes. got? They should do, yeah, how it's got the numbers. Yeah. They should attempt oh. to do eight <laughs> and a whole heap of zero cakes. <laughs> So, which I guess a zero cake's yeah. easier to make because that's well, just a normal is. cake. Yeah, that there's a lot of those that well, you would need. Then again, I'd be lazy with the eight. I'd just put two zero cakes on top of one another to make the eight. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually kind of easy. Too. I don't know that I'd do that even. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about baking cakes. <laughs> I reckon you should, like, if you're the eighth... I reckon anyone that's born today, yeah. you should get a letter from all the, all the famous people. I reckon, <laughs> ever? Oh, no, ever. What? Just every like all the famous people you now, all be the heads of state. Yeah, by I mean, very important people. They're all meeting in Bali right now for the G eight or whatever the hell it is. Oh, so you get them all together in the one all room. Something. Pass the card around. Yeah, pass the card. That's what I had in my mind. <laughs> There's this one giant card that's being passed around. They're like, I don't know what to write. What should I write? The pressure to write something really important. I don't know Pass the card around the room. <laughs> this is really, this is actually really easy. The more we think about it, I know. Pass the card Simple around the room. Gesture. Photocopy a whole heap of them. Every baby born on the fifteenth of November <laughs> gets a card with Biden in there, Xi Jinping, Anthony Albanese, <laughs> Jacinda Ardern. You got to keep in mind this poor little person being born is going to go. Who are they? Who are, who is this? <laughs> who are all these huh? people? I don't care. Are these relatives that I never met? <laughs> who are these people? Get me a card with Bluey on it and I'll be excited. <laughs> Those guys, meh. I don't know who this Whatever. is. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> they want me to even read their writing. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming up with all the genius ideas here. Hey, if you are, uh, you know, if you know someone who's having a baby today, let them know that fun fact that they yeah. could have the eighth billionth person. And a really giant card planet. coming. And a, a, potentially a, a huge scroll coming up. <laughs> the length of the driveway. <laughs> with all Wait these very important and <laughs> insignificant people written on there. My registered folks. <laughs> 847 and 92.9. Let's go. 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 go.
We will play the Harvey Norman Smash for Cash in just a moment. 110 bucks to be won. But first, Craig from the ABCRA. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm great, thanks, JV. How are you going? Very well. Thank you so much for coming in. You've got a busy couple of days. What, it gets underway 6 a.m. on Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be a huge <laughs> uh, four or five days uh, for us with the uh, national finals and, and Australian Championship Camp Draft. Uh, two days of Stockman's Challenge and a hell of a big radio on Saturday night. Let's have a look at the the rodeo on Saturday. So uh, there's a free portion of it between 9 and 2 for everyone to come along and check that one out during the day at the ALAC. Yeah, look, we're running a uh, full program of uh, radio events and uh, we'll be starting at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning, which is uh, going to give everyone an opportunity to come out and, and see some radio action from then through to uh, a bit after lunch on uh, Saturday morning free of charge. And uh, if they'd like, they can stay back for our uh, main show where they'll see all the best cowboys and cowgirls go head to head with the toughest stock that you'll find in the country, and uh, which will be a fantastic show and worth seeing. And uh, it'll be, uh, uh, you know, the tickets are, are really uh, well, pro well priced for, for families to come and share one of the greatest shows on dirt. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Because I understand you kind of have kept the costs a little bit more affordable for this event just to be able to get off the ground and get people out to see this. Look, with uh, COVID, the uh, the amount of time, the floods that have come through, mm. everybody in the community's had a hammering and we've tried to put on a show for the families and uh, everybody to come out and enjoy the sport of radio. And uh, I think uh, this represents really good value with, uh, with what's uh, out there at the moment. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I mean, it couldn't have been an easy discussion for you guys, I have, I imagine, because you guys have been, uh, you know, you've had a lot of events get cancelled during the COVID pandemic. Um, I think the event earlier on this year, was that right? That got postponed as well in the little... Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So it's been a tough sort of well, two and a half, nearly three years for you guys as well. Oh, it sure has, JB. It, you know, it's really uh, the stop-start through COVID. Our last show, we just mm -hmm. had to pull it off because of the uh, the COVID uh, ramp up over Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was it, it was it's been hard for the sport, and uh, mm. now that we're getting a bit of uh, sunshine and yeah. uh, hopefully not too many more floods, <laughs> no. we'll have more and more events uh, rolling on. So uh, you know, we've been pretty strong around the rest of Australia and places like Western Australia and the Kimberleys and all those places. We've been running a lot of events over in those areas. Yeah. And and, uh, which has kept us all going, but uh, it's good. It's now great to see the new the, the eastern seaboard starting to kick along with uh, with all our events. Yeah, that's it exactly. And that's the cool thing I like. Not only is the ticket price nice and affordable for people to get out, but I mean, there's so much going on with this as well. You've got so many different array of events for people to to get on board with and check out. You'll see the best stock men and women in Australia here competing. Uh, in all types of, of, uh, of Western sports. And uh, our camp drafting is, uh, is a huge sport now in Australia. Uh, in fact, it's nearly oversubscribed. It's hard to uh, fit people into the events that we run nationally. Uh, we've got the Stockman's Challenges, which are becoming very popular, which we see uh, horsemanship. We see uh, really uh, uh, good stockmanship mm -hmm. with the way they work, uh, work cattle and, and, uh, and all those sort of things. And then, of course, all our radio events from uh, everything from barrel racing through to bull riding, steer undecorating, breakaway roping, steer wrestling, uh, saddle bronc, bareback. You know, there's a, yeah. uh, just a fantastic lot of, uh, of uh, th events for, for people to, to see and be part of. Yeah, that's and it, exactly. Nice variety, which is good. 
Yeah, look, it's uh, you know one thing to sit and watch uh, one thing continue on for hours on end, but this has got a variety of uh, and different action happening all the time to, that keeps people really interested in what we do. Amazing for tourism for Tamworth as well. How many people have you got coming here? We've got uh, 2,000 runs wow. in our camp draft side of things, which uh, is going to be yeah. huge. Uh, you know, it's uh, one thing is to find all the cattle to be able to uh, run this event. Yeah. Uh, then to turn around and then house those people and, and uh, get them through the uh, the town of Tamworth on top of the radio and the Stockman's Challenge. So there's going to be a lot of people coming from all over, uh, not only New South Wales, but out of Queensland and, uh, and other states to compete here over the uh, next four days, which is uh, just a huge boost for Tamworth or, or continuing to, to, yeah. to, to prosper. Tamworth is a, a regional centre of, uh, of great sporting uh, uh, prowess. Yeah. You know, it's fantastic. No, that's it, exactly. You got me curious, how, how much cattle do you have for this event? Oh, we've got about 2,500 cattle wow. organised. And, uh, you know, we've got some wonderful uh, cattle donors uh, in the uh, in the district. It's uh, it's a strong area for, wow. for for that side of things. And, you know, we're just so pleased that these uh, 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 property owners uh, get behind us and support us uh, the way they do. Yeah. We've got some wonderful sponsors as well that yep. have come on board. And, uh, you know, companies like uh, Whitehaven and Yeti, uh, Yeti and, uh, and others. Circle L has got a shop in town. Yeah. Uh, so Impulse Print. There's a, a number of really solid, solid uh, businesses getting behind uh, our sport and our association, and you know we're just so pleased to have them all on board. Fantastic. People are interested in getting along to that on Saturday night. Uh, how can they get the tickets? What's the best way? Entertainmentvenues.com.au. Uh, you will be able to buy them at the door. Yeah. But uh, it's a whole lot easier if you get them yeah. online and uh, scan your way in. It saves a lot of lot of uh, waiting time out front. Yeah, that's it, exactly. It will be there broadcast live between 9 and 12, which is going to be a whole heap of fun. So that's going to be fantastic. We haven't done a broadcast at the ALEC for a while, so looking forward to it. And we'll see everyone out on Saturday night. We've got some tickets giveaway too, which we'll do very, very, very soon. So if you want to win some tickets, get along to that on Saturday night. Stand by, 676 We'll give those away soon. Craig, thank you so much. All the best for the uh, next couple of days. Uh, thanks, JB. Thanks for having us. Not a drum rattle. Quarter past eight here at 92.9. This is a new one from Pink. Never gonna not dance again. Brand new here to 92.9. If someone told me that the world would end tonight, you could take... 721, the Black Eyed Peas, I got a feeling with JB for breakfast, thanks to the all-new Country Autos GWM uh, Hybrid Jollyon. Check that one out today. Take it for a test drive, corner of Hercules and Bridge Street, West Hamworth. I never even knew the, they had this, but over in the United States, where they've got museums and Hall of Fames for every topic, it seems, they've got the Toy Hall of Fame, and they've announced the three toys to be added into that for this year. And they are, well done, Masters of the Universe, Light Bright, and the Simple Spinning Top. They've all been added into the Toy Hall of Fame. They beat Bingo, the game Bingo, Brayer Horses, the board game Catan, Nerf Guns, Piñata, Phase 10, which I have no idea what that is, Pound Puppies, Racco, and the ultimate nerd toy, the Spirograph. Do you remember that? The Spirograph? Or am I the only nerd that had one of those as a kid and actually didn't mind a Spirograph? Can you still get Spirographs? Anyway, the spinning top got added because it's been a favorite children's toys since ancient times. 
and has taken off globally with cultures. It's one of the oldest toys ever. They found it 5,000 years ago, they found it. So it's about time that the spinning top spun its way into the National Toy Hall of Fame, said the chief curator, Christopher Bench. Masters of the Universe is a Mattel toy line centering around heroes He-Man and She-Ra, which hit the shelves in the 1980s and spun off multiple animated TV series, comics books, and a feature film. And Lightbright made its debut back in 1966 and it allowed children to create glowing images against a black background, with children being able to create both stenciled images and images of their own creation. What toys do you think don't belong in the Toy Hall of Fame. What, sh what what toys did you think growing up was lame? You couldn't understand the popularity of them. I had two. I never understood the popularity of Furbies and Tickle Me Elmos. Even as like a, a 10 year old, peak, peak, I should have been, peak Tickle Me Elmo age. I saw him sitting there when you walked into Big W, sitting there by the box full, and I just went, that is the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life. I should be the one buying that, but I think that is just stupid. What was a lame toy when you were growing up? Let us know. 676-2299. Make it on air. Go on the draw for our Case Friday Me Try Otherwise, 99 Tamworth on Facebook, where Alicia says the Tamagotchi was her lame toy when she was a kid. The Tamagotchis I could get on board with. That's that's a good one though, Alicia. Thank you very much. 99 Tamworth on Facebook and Instagram. Or 676-2299-724. Road closure information on the way next. Hi, Rodney Jane here. 9 to 9 here at 92.9. Three doors down. Kryptonite. JB for breakfast. Thanks to Nathan and all the team at Country Auto's GWM Havel. Speaking of sport, we will play again tomorrow. And 50 bucks will jackpot it up to for you to spend at Sports Power and Toy World at the Atrium. If you can tell me who this is. That was pretty epic. I was about to say who, who I'm breaking there. I'm not breaking a sports person. That's the wrong game, JB. I've kind of done a hybrid of Smash for Cash and speaking of sports. Now you have to identify who that is from their voice. That was pretty epic. I'll take your guesses again tomorrow. Hey, did you know they've got a Toy Hall of Fame in the United States? And every year they add three new toys to it each year and they've announced their three new toys for this year's Hall of Fame. Is that right? Uh, the toys that missed out on getting in there mm -hmm. include Bingo. That was going to oh. get added in there. Okay. Um, I know you don't do think you know bingo as a bingo? toy. Well, do you? Not but as anyway. a toy. No. Nah. As a game. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brayer Horses. Oh. I don't know what that is. Must is be some kind of soft toy or something, I imagine. Band of horses. Yeah. Like toy horses. Toy yeah. Must be. Yep. Uh, the game, the board game Catan. Okay. C-A-T-A-N. I never heard of it, and then a couple no. of my friends during COVID, when everyone was jumping on the board game wagon, started playing it. it, and I was like, okay, hmm. yeah, okay. probably never played it since. Nerf guns missed out on adding it to the Nerf Hall of guns? Fame. Aren't yeah, they massive. Yeah, oh, huge. So they've gosh. missed out. Okay. A pinata. Don't miss oh. out on the Hall of Fame. Oh. Uh, phase ten, which I don't know what that is. Pound puppies. Pound puppies missed out. Yeah. Aren't they like? Historical now? Yeah, I think so. Not historical. They're only around in the 90s. It's not really that long ago. Or is it? Um, sp and Spirographs missed out as well. Oh, Remember them? Yes, I do. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's two of us that's now that know them. Okay. Yeah. 
Flashback. Yeah, wow. Um, the three toys that made it in there is the spinning top. That made it into the Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, well, it kind of should. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the oldest toys I was ever. Say it's one of the first. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it. Okay. There was old, you know, that's... surfs back five millennia ago mm-hmm. that went to keep the kid entertained, send you out the back with the cattle, <laughs> and here's, a, here's something you just spin <laughs> just it on spin the ground and, and shut up and do that over in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so that's been added light bright. They've been added, you know, the little illumination things you draw on the... Oh, and yes. they light up them. Yes, I do. Yeah, wow. Gosh, this will take me back a bit. Okay. And out of the 80s, Masters of the Universe got added oh, in there as well. Masters of the Universe. Yeah, with He-Man and She-Ra. Yeah, She-Ra. <laughs> They've they been were added in. so cool. <laughs> so there you go. They've made it into wow. the Toy Hall of Fame. Those other 10 toys, better luck next time. Okay, I'm sure I want to see Spyrograph get in there. <laughs> They'll get their turn. Don't worry. I think so. Yeah, they'll, they'll make it in there. Um, the chief curator, Christopher Benchk, he's the chief curator. Uh-huh. He okay. said that the spinning top needed to be added in there it is, is, as it is one of the oldest examples of toys. Okay. So why, why Christopher, has it taken you this long to add it in there then, yeah. mate? Shouldn't it have been like, one like of the, the initial... In there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like yep. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Beatles You'd got added in the, the first thing. Yeah. You know, Elvis got added in there the first thing. Spinning Top's taken spinning po- tops. 58 years to get into the Toy <laughs> Hall of Fame. He had to really work for it, the Spinning Top, didn't he? So, but hey, better luck oh. next year for those other ones. Well, there you go. Toys yeah. you hated as a kid. That I hated? Yeah. Oh. I never liked um, the uh, Tickle Me Elmo's. Oh, really? Yeah, and I should have. Like, that was peak, like, 10-year-old JB period when Tickle Me Elmo's came out. I was like, I should have been the target market for that. And I even, as a 10-year-old, I was like, that is a dumb toy. I don't get that. I don't. I hated that when the kids had the Tickle Me Elmo's. As a parent, you hate that. Maybe that was was when I aged and grew up. Maybe I became, that was when I became a cranky adult. Borderline maybe, parents. Maybe, yeah, you're like... Tickle me Elmo. <laughs> do you like Tamagotchis? No. No, no I didn't do no, that either? No, no, okay. No. All right. Have, no. A bit, have a bit more of a think about it. Yeah, On our Facebook page, we're asking lame toys as well. So if you've got any examples of toys that you thought, eh, what's up with that? Let us know on our Facebook page. It's Why should you visit Hamworth Tire Right? For toys, lame night. Talking. That is Harry Styles' late night talking at 92.9, 14 past 7. Today, by the way, the 15th of November 2022, is a very, very iconic day in the realms of history. Today, at some point, our global population will reach 8 billion people. That could be a baby born at the Tamworth Base Hospital today, for all we know. So if if you know someone who's expecting a baby is in birth right now, maybe wait till the deed's over and done with, obviously. You know, you don't want to be... I, I haven't been in a birthing suite before, but I imagine it's not the most pleasant conversation to bring up, you know, in the moment. Um, maybe afterwards, just say, hey, you know what? Little Jack there. Little Chloe. Um, little... Eliza, she could be the 8th billionth person on this planet today. Because that's apparently going to happen. The UN have said some stage today, the 15th of November, we will make 8 billion people. If you're wondering, 200 years ago, back in 1808, 
the global population was 1 billion. We hit the billion mark. And then it took about another 130 years for us to reach 2 billion. That happened in 1935, just before the Great Depression. We hit 3 billion in about 1960. And then roughly since then, it takes approximately sort of 12 years or so for the population to uh, to grow a billion people every 10 years or so that occurs. Um, but of course, we, we're going into declining population now, which is interesting because... You know, you only have to go back to 1950s. The average family was five children. Now it's about 1.8 children per family. So the population's declining. So we're actually going to start seeing these numbers go back as unfortunately people start passing away. They're not getting replicated and duplicated at the same, uh, the same, the same time. And uh, the population they reckon will peak at around about 10 billion people before going backwards. Isn't it fascinating, hey? So please, any newborns born today, new mums, new dads, please call me, 676-2299. And, you know, you could be our 8th billionth person. I got a feeling.